Hello, TV land. My name is Sebastian Markoff. My name is Rowan Wood. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to Across the Stars, where, if it's Star Wars, we cover we it. We cover it. Well, eh, eh. at least we try. It was good on Maya. Yeah, it no, it, Maya. Was, it was not on Maya. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but yeah, today's going to be a lot yeah. of fun. I think so, too. I think so, too. Tell them why, uh, Sebastian. Because we're going over, I need, I have the episode list here in front of me because I'm a bozo. We're going over the second five episodes of the V Clone Wars. And uh, that includes Downfall of a Droid, fascinating, Duel of the Droids, Bombad Jedi, Cloak of Darkness, and uh, Lair of Breeders. Uh, I will have you know that when I watched this with a buddy of mine, um, I'm trying to get him to like Clone Wars, so we skipped Bombad Jedi. Um, <laughs> okay, Bombad Jedi in my rewatch, it is not nearly as bad as I remember it being. It's not that um, terrible. It, it has its moments. Um, yeah, anyway, what was I going to say? I, I did go back and rewatch it on my own, but when I was watching it with him, I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to have him sit through sit through Bombad Jedi, which is a contender for the worst episode in the entire show. Really? Um, it's not that terrible. It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. No, there, there are probably a couple other Padme ones that are like, like dude, the Padme episodes are so abysmal. Um, but yeah, anyway. Um, so we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll get to those when we get to them. Um, we will. Yeah. Just jump right in. Downfall of a droid. Yeah, my, yes, my first note. My first note is a quote, and that's "Suicide is not the Jedi way, Master." I just, <laughs> uh, especially kind of a weird thing to include in a children's show. But yeah, right. You know, for all the kids that know what suicide, um, I'm be honest. I don't think I know what suicide was when I first watched this, but mm-hmm. I was like six years old. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it's uh. So it's, it's pretty pretty solid episode. Yeah, so. yeah, I, I think it's fine. Uh, I remember liking this R2-D2 duology much more than I did this time. Um, I But, uh, you know, it's a pretty straightforward espionage story. Yeah, I kind of, yeah. I, I don't know, I kind of discard these two episodes just because the first one I don't think is that great downfall of a joint. Like, it's not bad. It's just like, I mean, it's all right. Um, but then uh, Duel of the Droids, I'm like, that's actually that's actually a good episode, though. Mm-hmm. Like, I like that one. Um, I'll talk more about it when we get there. But um, yeah, Downfall of the Droids, like, I, it's all I really remember is that R2D2 gets lost and they, like, oh, that's right. And the assassin droids, I remember thinking they were, I mean, I know that you see assassin droids in other places, but like as a kid, you know, you see them and you're like, oh shit. And the myth around the playground was, um, so an assassin droid, you have to either shoot him 10 times in the body or five times to the head, you know? So it's like, they're tough, you know, they're like one step above commando droids where a headshot takes them down instantly, but you still need 10 body shots. Yeah. Um, a classic so, playground talk. Classic playground talk, exactly, exactly. That was just so the kids who wanted to play as assassin droids could like 
dumper dumpster on everybody and be like, oh, yeah, uh, uh, according to, to this thing I made up, I can take five headshots. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I think this episode is, is fine. Um, it had more, uh, I, I, most of my notes are about like interesting things that I picked up on in the episode rather than the episode <laughs> itself. Uh, like you, I think the next episode is much better. But um, one of the things I wrote down, especially from the beginning, is one of the ba uh, battle droids mentions that the Jedi have, have positioned uh, a fleet somewhere. And I found that line of dialogue interesting because the droid says the Jedi, not the Republic. Now, I know mm -hmm. that it's for the children out there because the children are more likely to latch onto, oh, the Jedi more than a complex political system that is uh, one side <laughs> playing against the other side and they're all you know, for, uh, controlled by the same person. But yeah, exactly, Palpatine with his 4D chess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think this also works uh, in, in an interesting context within the show um, because it's really the Jedi who are fighting the war, mm -hmm. not really the Republic. Uh, the Republic basically created their own army and gave it to the Jedi and then said, go fight our war for us while we, do, while we keep everything holed up in committee. Because again, that's what Palpatine wanted to do. So the war, you know, w was in a stalemate for a while until he decided to end it himself, you know? You mentioned if like the U.S. was like that, you know, like it's like, okay, we have the priests as our generals now. <laughs> uh, like you just have like a, a bishop in the back, you know, commanding a Navy warship or something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it cracks me up. Um, yeah. That, um, that, is, that is an interesting observation. Yeah. You know, I, I do agree. I was probably like just thrown in there for children, but you know, you can draw, you can like retcon that you can kind of shit. Think you know. about it a little bit. You can, you can work with it. Yeah, you can yeah. work with it. Um, and uh, also, um, Obi-Wan doubled down on his uh, attachment is forbidden in this episode. And so I wrote, so can the Jedi just have meaningless sex in one night stands? Because attachment is forbidden, but they That's haven't true. necessarily banned sex or relationships <laughs> without feelings, right? Isn't isn't like Kiati Mundi like legally required to have sex or something to like? Right, yeah, he, I, I think he's like six wives, like six or seven wives. Yeah, right. Like <laughs> he's 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 like one of the few exceptions. They're like, all right, Kiati Mundi's allowed to go off, um, but the rest of the rest of you celibacy, celibacy. Yeah, Kiati um, Mundi gets to have fun. The rest of you, uh, I we don't like exactly. <laughs> he can get fucked. You can't. You he gets fucked. You can get fucked. Um, <laughs> So yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a uh, <laughs> yeah. It's it, it's funny because I had to explain to to my friend Jason I'm watching these with for the first time. I had to explain to him uh, that the the Jedi do wipe their their R two units memories after like every couple missions, and that that's why R two is so like amazing is because Anakin's just like yeah he's good he he doesn't need a memory wipe right. I, and, and, you know, of course, that's what gives R2 his personality uh, and all that. And um, But also, this episode would not exist if R2's memory was, was wiped uh, a lot, because then he, they would have just destroyed him. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but, you know, there's no real stakes here. We know what happens to R2. We know they're going to rescue him. I feel like the conflict here is more just to say, hey, 
we can have like we can set up a fun gimmick to astromech droids fighting each other i feel like that's the whole purpose of the story arc to be completely honest took two episodes to do um yeah, but, yeah. uh yeah um, uh r3 uh, yeah, is like r2's a, replacement um pretty on the nose stubby there. yeah <laughs> um, um Ahsoka's being like kind of an idiot here, honestly. I mean, I know yeah, right? she's supposed to be young, but she's not that young. She, she's presumably been yeah, in like, Jedi training since she was a you, baby, right? Yeah, you can be young but not be stupid. Like, yeah. you know, I don't know. I, I agree. Watching early Ahsoka is just kind of like slightly painful. Um, and even Anakin's being an idiot here. And he's not that much of an idiot. <laughs> He's yeah. smarter than that. Like, like who else turned on the assassin droids, right? <laughs> right, like, dude, that guy clearly has your droid. Like, yeah. fucking, yeah. And yeah, he hears R two and then does nothing about it on the ship. <laughs> He's like, I heard him, and then leaves peacefully. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, down with the droid. Uh, not that great. Um, but yeah. Yeah, but then uh, do we want to move on to Duel of the Droids? I don't really ha have much to say about that. Sounds good. Sounds good. That first half. Uh, this one is much better. <laughs> uh, much better. I, not I only like, because uh, we get more Grievous, but we also get the actual Duel of the Droids, uh, and this story arc comes to an end. Uh, <laughs> I agree. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I like this episode because, A, you have like a cool little space station. Uh, the separatist like, battle sphere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have the separatist battle sphere. Um, <clears throat> Jet Star. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Uh, Jason even pointed that out, and he's not a big Star Wars guy. He's like, but it kind of <laughs> looks like the Death Star. I'm like, yep. Um, but yeah, it's cool. I think my favorite part about this entire episode is when, um, like, Grievous and Ahsoka fight against each other. Yeah, like awesome. I love that. And I mean, obviously, you know that neither of them are going to like die or anything. Um, but it's, I don't know, it's cool because you, I mean, in these first couple of episodes, all you really see is Grievous kind of getting thrashed over and over again. Um, like he loses the malevolence and then, and like, you know, fucking not that great. Yeah. But, uh, and his, his invasion of Camino fails. But, um, but then you get to see this and you're like, oh, yeah, this guy can fucking fight, though. Um, like, he's a Jedi killer for a reason. And so I just like the, the fucking Grievous Ahsoka fight. Also, he knocks out, like, three clones in a matter of seconds. Yeah. I find it very interesting and kind of funny that Ahsoka fights Grievous before Anakin ever meets him which is yeah, right. like and you know we mentioned it last episode that they they keep continuity throughout this whole show anakin and grievous never meet um but uh yeah yeah so i i just yeah, I, I had that same reaction too i remember anakin at one point is like i i'm gonna go find ahsoka or whatever when she's fighting Grievous. i'm like there's no way he does it's impossible it can't happen right um and then uh ahsoka came out like a minute later and was like hey i'm okay um but yeah yeah we also um uh grievous doesn't have all of his lightsabers yet just shows how early in the war uh it is he only has two at this point right yeah um, i mean i i guess I, I just assumed that he had like a couple of others which probably weren't worth them at the moment right because later on we do see him 
like in Laro Grievous, we see him with more. Uh, right. So I would assume that he probably has a couple more. But um, yeah, and we get to watch. Uh, I like this one more also because it has more clones. Yeah. You know, like just, just having Rex in an episode really makes an episode that much better. It is um, the Clone Wars, in fact. Um, so, and uh, what else? What else? What else? Oh yeah, uh, the character of Gan Noct. The uh, is, is he a Trandoshan? He's not a Trandoshan, is he? He is. Yeah. The, he is. Like, okay. Like, yeah. Yeah. He gets like stabbed yeah, through the killed, chair, yeah. yeah. The second time, uh, rather, the first time that this will happen in these five episodes, uh, that a that a that a, a high-ranking separatist agent stabs someone in through the chest that thought that they were going to be paid for what they did. Yeah, yeah. So somebody that was like, "Yeah, I'm going to shit talk the separatists right now." Yeah, yeah. That seems like a, a smart idea. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what my friend Nick and uh, Jason point out. We were like. Really, you're with General Grievous, and you're like, oh, yeah, you're asking for more money than he's giving you. You should know how that ends. Um, yeah, uh, and then yeah. Ultra Droids also appear in this episode. They're always cool. Yes, um, they are. They look a little silly, I think, um, but you know, that's that's not. Especially when they're inside and they're just walking around, <laughs> um, I think they look much more intimidating when they're actually flying. But that's just mm-hmm. me. Like we see them at the beginning of episode three of yeah, the of the series, not the not not the Clone Wars. I, I, I can get behind that. Actually, I think episode three or one of them, you do see Vulture droids. So either in Rising Malevolence or Chat. Yeah, you in episode three of the Clone Wars. Hey, so uh, no, I was droids. technically spot on. Um, yeah, because that's the one with the Y-wing bombers. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm looking at the episode list right now because I have no fucking memory. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, anything else to say? I guess about the like the actual <laughs> duel of the droids. I feel like it's 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 more funny than it is like climactic. But, I agree. Uh, like you kind of see them like, like bonk heads for a little bit. They attach their little uh, toe cables yeah, to each really, other. There's really not much and, they can uh, do to each other. Fucking R two's like, all right, bitch, and then cuts them off. Like it's a, it's a, it's a fun time. It's, a, it's as exciting as a battle between two astronaut droids. Exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, that's all I have to say about Duel of the Droids. All right, Ron, I want you to know that you're, you're, you're the only individual I have ever uh, spent time on a Friday afternoon watching Bombad Jedi for. Uh, <laughs> you're welcome. Like, We're in this I, together, I, my friend. I totally forgot that they set up the next two episodes. Yeah, so I didn't yeah. watch it with. with it's actually Jason. kind of important. Uh, but like, they kind of recap it at the beginning, and all you really need to know is that New Gunner gets captured. Right. All, all uh, of these episodes were meant to be like were, were intended to be seen separately, like, and you yeah, know, exactly. Like, like just in case they can move them around, because they do do that. Like like later on, they get way out of. You know, they get way out of chronological order. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I skipped Bombad Jedi because I didn't, I did, first off, I didn't remember that. Second off, I was like, bro, fuck this. <laughs> I'm not sitting here watching Bombad Jedi. I'm not going to waste uh, 
my friend Jason's time. I'm trying to get him to like the Clone Wars. I have I have a case for why this episode is not that bad. Sure. All right, let's hear it. Like, it's a ridiculous oopsie episode. Like that, that's the whole thing. It's all about Jar Jar, who's probably the worst Star Wars character. Um, and what about Rose? Who? (laughs) Rose. Rose? Rose is a fine character. There will be no Rose (laughs) on my uh, on our Star Wars podcast. Um, (laughs) leave that refer yourself to the last Jedi episode sir Um, (laughs) but yeah no Jar Jar is far and away the most annoying character in the Star Wars series Um, however this episode is um, is a very interesting no wait no I can't get too deep about it even I'm not that (laughs) even I'm not that like in into it but I do think that this episode um, exhibits very well Funnily enough, what this episode does well has nothing to do with Jar Jar. Even though the Jar Jar stuff is like the main story. I line, think I think I get what you're what you're gonna yeah. get at. And I, I, yeah. The politics are legitimately interesting. How did the Phantom Menace do it make it so boring? But the Clone Wars makes it legitimately interesting. Like the politics right. between like the planets. Uh, that are aligned with the Republic and the Separatists. And, you know, this the premise for this episode is Anakin, not Anakin, Padme, Jar Jar, and 3PO are on a diplomatic mission to go see Anaconda Far, who makes his debut in this episode, by the way, another reason why this episode is important. Um, and uh, and uh, he basically says that, you know, uh, we haven't received any food from the Republic. My people are starving while he's like in a friggin' like palace capitalism. Uh, and so instead he allies himself with, with the separatists, which is completely and totally realistic. It's something that would absolutely happen in, in wartime. That and, was, yeah. yeah that, that was also something I picked up on. And while I was watching, I was like, I actually don't remember this episode having redeeming qualities, um, but it, it, you are absolutely right. I, when I was watching, it again um i was like all right this part's pretty good and i came to the conclusion um that if this episode were just rewritten to only have padme and 3po in it or even just padme in it i think it would be a pretty good episode right i mean it is a kid show they have to have some com- comic relief but that. we don't need 3po jar jar we don't need both of them all yeah, right um i don't know this is like but I uh, like I said I, th- I think if you were the Padme bits I thought were good and then uh, uh, I sent I sent Aiden a message where I took a picture of like the episode title uh, while I was watching it and I was like there's nothing quite like snuggling up under a blanket on a warm Friday afternoon and watching Bombad Jedi <laughs> 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 at like six in the afternoon um i also think this episode is pretty colorful and it it, it looks pretty cool you know true. we have that alien rodia is a, is a very nice yeah, planet rodia. um um also what was i gonna say and right, maybe a little too personal but yeah. um the next message i said aiden was something along the lines of all right seeing padme chained to a wall really uh changes something about a man i'm gonna be completely honest with you <laughs> um and, uh, yeah, that's that does happen a lot with her, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, right. Like she's kind of questionably there sometimes. But anyway, yeah. So I was like, 
this I, I can already tell this changed something within me as a kid but um <laughs> yeah um, so that was that was a, a wonderful little detour that he and I had a conversation about <laughs> there are a lot of things that are hilarious about this episode some of which I believe are intentional and some of which aren't um, one of them is that Jar Jar is presumed de- uh, to be dead twice. And after one of the times, 3PO says, oh, poor Jar Jar, he was always such a misfit. I think that's the funniest line from this episode and nothing can change my mind. Um, so, no, no, sorry. The funniest line is, oh no, Jar Jar has been killed. And I wrote, yay, in big capital letters. Um, and then also, Anakin was sloppy enough to leave his Jedi robe in the ship come on yeah, right? again he is like, smarter than this and um, when 3po is talking padme puts her hand over his mouth and he stops talking even though that's not how droids yeah, work that's not at all how that works but that that happened I was it happens a lot happens, i think yeah. i think i think i almost said harrison ford han solo does it to him as well yeah. um <laughs> it's just funny to me that that's just how protocol droid works if you put the like maybe there's a sensor or something Right, if their mouth gets obstructed, they're not allowed to talk. But new head cannon, new head cannon. Um, but yeah, so, and we, we end our most important allies are not always the most powerful, which I believe is a pretty solid message. Um, what is it? Um, our most powerful allies are not always sorry, our most important allies are not always the most powerful. I think that's pretty what uh, is that what Aunt, uh, Padme or Anaconda Far says at the, at the end of the episode, or maybe Palpatine says it. I don't know. Some, someone says that. I, my guess is uh, Anaconda probably says yeah, that. Yeah. Um, anyway, Cloak of Darkness. Uh, All right, this is actually a good episode. Yeah, Ventures like Triumphant Return after the movie. Um, oh, uh, after, after Ambush? Come on. Yeah, I almost completely forgot. Uh, it's been a while. Um, uh, even though I mean, even though she technically appeared in episode one, I call this like the first real Ventress episode because that episode this is the first time we were about to action. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she was just playing mind games in, uh, in. Yeah. Before it was just wagers and nearly killing a senator. You know, like yeah. this time it's it's actually killing people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Luminara Unduli though being the focal point with um, Ahsoka, which is exciting. We don't really. We don't. We barely ever see her at all in the movies, so it's 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 fun when yeah. we get to spotlight a character. Uh, you know, like animation allows us that, which I think is uh, quite good sometimes. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah, I I, re- I remember this episode purely for the fight, but like when I was rewatching it, um, now I remember a little bit more about it. I didn't even remember Nuke Gunray being in it at all, even though he's the central premise. Right. Um, all I remembered was Asajj Ventress versus Luminara and Dewey, and I was like, yeah, that's pretty, uh, uh, yeah. yeah, we'll watch this one. Uh, that was a pretty neat fight. Um, so Yeah, a proper three-way yes. lightsaber duel. Uh, probably, in my opinion, it's the best duel so far. Um, in the show. What other ones have we had? Uh, it's mostly been uh, Grievous and people. Classic. I, I, I still think that I actually think it's only been Ahsoka Grievous one. and people so far. Um, I think I think Grievous and Ahsoka might take the cake for me, but right. this one is good. Yeah. Oh, wait, we also uh, uh, technically like barely get Yoda and Ventress in episode one, but that's not really a fight. That's more of a that's more of a bitch slap. I don't think the lightsabers ever even clash in that one. 
Right, yeah. Um, but <laughs> name the big Yoda takes as well. <laughs> uh, Captain Argaius uh, of the Senate Guard is the traitor here working with Ventress. Uh, he's played by James Marsters. Uh, I think one of the first like quote unquote celebrity guest stars. Um, he's, uh, so he's Spike from Buffy, uh, the Vampire Slayer. I don't know if you've seen Buffy. I'm, I've heard of it. My guess is not, yeah. Um, but so he's one of the main characters from season two onwards. Um, and uh, he's putting on an American accent here, which is interesting because he is British in real life. Uh, but yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of, uh, of, of, of celebrities popping up uh, later. But for now, it's uh, it's just James Marsters is the first one. There's one that gets celebrities to cameo on a kid show. Huh? You know, it's interesting that they get celebrities like yeah. the, you know, the cameo on a kid show because it's like the kids aren't going to recognize. Yeah, yeah, this. yeah. Who, who who is this for? It's for the adults, I'm sure, and also to like yeah. um, for 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 news stories to say, hey, you know, uh, this actor is going to be on this show, and that's a news story. Um, when it's a show that no one who writes the story or reads the story will be watching. But uh, anyway. Uh, yeah, at the end, Ventress betrays Argaius, just like Grievous did to Ganoct and stabs him through the chest. Quite violently, honestly. There is no blood, but it's still extremely violent. If, if you really it's think. like, damn. Yeah, no, you see like his face curl up and shoot and you're like, oh, yeah. good. Yeah. Nice. Um, but oh, I also love the scene. It's like right after she comes out of the transport ship. Um, I love the scene where she comes right out of the transport ship and there's like a clone on the comms or something. You see like a first person point of view. There's like Ventress just takes this motherfucker out. And I don't know, that is <laughs> cool as hell to me. Uh, right. I like it when characters are depicted as badasses, you know. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Because be, you know they are, and they like they deserve to be depicted as such. Right, right. Um, yeah, that's uh, that. Those are all my notes for episode nine. Shall we move on to the best that we that we will be discussing today? Let's. Is it? It's quite interesting. I wonder if this is going to be a trend in whenever we discuss these blocks of five episodes. The last one is going to be the best. Uh, I'm going to be completely honest. In the next blog of five, in my opinion, the last one is the worst. Really? What is it? Uh, Trespass. It's the one in the ice world. Ooh, okay. Mm, yeah. I don't, um, I don't remember unless, anything about Unless, it, so. actually, that, this could work. Um, th this could work all the way to the end of season one. Uh, because season one has 22 episodes. 22 uh, for all the non-math people out there. It does not divide evenly by five. <laughs> really? um, <laughs> it, however, we have 12 episodes left after this. It doesn't divide evenly by five. It divides evenly by six, which is one more than five. So you could do that. So what would and be the episode last after? Episode, yeah. the, at last, uh, and that would make it so that episodes 16 and 22 are the, in my opinion the best in that six episode block what are they what um, are they it would be the hidden enemy oh okay all right um which i think is a very good one um yeah. and hostage crisis hell yeah which would easily be the best episode we have seen so far um and that i know for certain the only competition being of course rookies um yeah I love it. Uh, 
But before we get excited for that, let's talk about the best episode of this five episodes. Um, <laughs> I dig this one. This is this is a, a good episode. It's a good level in the Lego Star Wars game. Fun fact. Um, uh, my first uh, note is "fuck yeah" in all caps. So <laughs> yes, I love this episode as well. I love. I think I, I think one of my favorite parts about it is just the watching Grievous move around his like I, I guess his lair um is so interesting like the way that he crawls all over the floor and the way you know like he activates the magnet guards and shit and they all come out and I don't know like it you very much get that sense that it's it is his home turf. He knows it like the back of his hand he's gonna fuck you up. You know he's got like a rancor around the corner for you. Mm-hmm. Or he's got magna guards that'll you know mess you up or he'll come out of the vent or something and stab you like an among us imposter. Um <laughs> I hate myself. Um yeah, that's a that's a dated reference, Sebastian. The dated reference back to two years ago. Um, <laughs> two, one, uh, two, right? It was it one was twenty twenty when it was big. Yeah, right. Twenty twenty. Oh, it's like summer twenty twenty. We're almost there. Um, we're aging, my friend. Bro, wait, wait, what the fuck? Among Among Us was big two years. Yeah, twenty twenty. Yeah, right, right when COVID started. Oh boy! Before this podcast existed, uh, we were playing a lot of Among Us. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, Lair of back to Lair of Grievous. Yeah, Lair of Grievous. Solid. I like this. Um, um, we get another lesser seen Jedi as the focal point, Kit Fisto, played by. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Kit Fisto. <laughs> yeah. Um, who played played by who? Uh, Phil Lamar, who is Samurai Jack, and he he does a shit ton of voiceover work. Um, I gotta look this up. Yeah, and his Phil pattern, Lamar. Yeah, Phil L A M A R R. Um, and uh, his Padawan, he meets up with his former Padawan Nadar Veb, um, who, in my opinion, uh, is the one of the uh, is the perfect Star Wars character because he exhibits both the strengths and flaws of the Jedi. Uh, all, all in one. He is. I was rash. wondering where the hell you were going. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I, I, he, he, he's not my favorite, but I do think he he, he exhibits everything that's great about a Jedi character because he is both rash, reckless, impulsive, but he's also, um, but he also wants to do the right thing, which, like, which just goes to show, you know, uh, these young Jedi are being rushed out because of the war they need more mm-hmm. jedi and so pat people like nadar who are absolutely not ready to lead clone battalions themselves are being like are being uh, ex- their training is accelerated and they are absolutely not ready for um for what they are about to do um which is why i think he is uh, he is a very interesting character and it makes perfect sense uh there is no other recourse for him than to die in this episode because it would not work. Yeah, I was about to say like when you're watching it, you can kind of, like you can you can pretty much tell like oh he's not he's not making it out of this one exactly oh. because it's like this is this is how it has to be uh, and you really get the feeling uh, that you know also this is the Clone Wars way of proving characters that you know and might feel and might start to feel attached to can die. It is very possible. Uh, and this is mm-hmm. this is their way of showing. Um, 
yeah, this is also the perfect standalone episode, but also a continuation at the same time because they're looking for Gunray. But also, it is probably like it is so incredibly um, self like self sufficient. It can stand perfectly on its own. I think. Yeah, I like again. Not only did I forget the Lair of Grievous sets of that episode, I forget that all three of these were part of a trilogy. I thought that all three of them were standalone episodes. Yeah. I mean, you know, they, so, they, you know. they, they function so well that way that it makes perfect sense that you would think that. Um, also, also, unlike with yeah. like the Malevolence episodes or something like that, all three of them are so different. Yeah, yeah. Which mm-hmm. is, which is oh. like a, a breath of fresh air. They're, they're sort of settling into a rhythm with these trilogies. He also plays fucking. He, he also plays Bail Organa, Ornfrita, and the TX Twenty Droid in the yeah. uh, Clones, and Jar Jar. He is an incredible. Uh, he is an incredible. Um, Holy shit! Yeah, what he, a man. He, he is an incredibly uh, uh, varied. And Yo, he played the fucking rat and the old teller and the Rockford dog in um in Chowder. I guess Total, so. Total fucking, uh, yo, he's an Afro samurai as well. Holy shit. Um, okay, so sorry about my detour here. And my gym partner's a monkey. Yo, dude, um, this guy. But yeah, so, so, so Dooku uh, is basically giving Grievous a test. He has uh, led Kit Fisto and Nadar Veb to, his, to Grievous's lair to test him and make sure that he has what it really takes to continue leading the droid army and to killing and, and, and to kill Jedi. I've said it before, I said it last week, and I will say it again. Grievous is a legitimately great villain that doesn't get enough credit, and I think this episode proves how awesome he actually is. I agree with that. I also, um, I also find it fascinating, and I mean, we'll, obviously we'll see more of this, especially with Ventress later, like how quickly, how willing Google was to just be like, all right, like, yeah, sure. Fucking, if Grievous dies, he dies. Um, like, he wasn't, he wasn't worried for him in the slightest, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, he either has to prove himself or he's going to die in the process, which I think is kind of fucking neat. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he is not above using his own assets. He uses his, his pet gore, which I wish we could have seen more of because gore is freaking awesome. <laughs> Um, you just see him for like two minutes and then, yeah, that's and then it. He, he dies um, and also another reason that Nadar's death is genuinely impactful is because we really feel we don't really feel as much for the character of Nadar but we really feel for Kit Fisto and I think that's fascinating because again we don't know Kit Fisto he is not developed at all in the movies and we don't get too much development on him here. But even in this 20-minute episode, we feel more for him than we do any other character here, um, which I think is just very... Yeah, that's, that's something that I only started to realize recently yeah. is that, um, like, I don't know, like, in a, in a lot of shows, like, you know, especially shows that don't use death, even just believing that somebody is dead can be enough to like trigger an emotional response. Not because you yourself think that it's like that character is dead. Um but because you see what it means for the other characters to think that they're dead. Um and so I think that it's like fascinating to me. And I like again I like I said I just started realizing this maybe like a year or two ago. Um how like sometimes 
and that, that led me to like this next train of thought, but sometimes a death isn't so much for the actual death of a character to be meaningful to the audience, but for it to be meaningful to a different character and as a result of that be meaningful to the audience. Exactly. Um, and yeah, so it's that's- just very well done. It's another reason why this show is much more clever than a lot of people give it credit for. It, it's not just the, the Star Wars kid show. It is the incredibly canon and very well-made Star Wars kid show that maybe exactly. entirely de- like developed to what it will eventually become here in season one, but still Lair of Grievous is awesome. Um, I love those episodes. Yeah. Um, and, uh, also a great uh, Lego level, by the way. Fun mm-hmm. fact. Yeah. Um, how many episodes of the Clone Wars did they have in those Lego levels? There are like I can't imagine there would be levels. too many, right? Because there, yeah, there, there it, are a lot. It came of out, yeah, it came out like I want to say yeah, at the end of it either came out at the end of season one or season two or something like that. I didn't keep track of seasons back then as a kid, but it was it came out fairly early into the series. Um, I know that the Zillow Beast was in there. Mm. Um, that's season two. So that's that is season two, if I'm not mistaken. So my guess is they came out while season two was airing. Um, but yeah, like, but most most of the levels are from season one. Interesting. Very interesting. That's the so that's the old one, right? What do you mean the old one? The old the old Lego Star Wars game. There's only one for Clone Wars. Oh, it's specifically a Clone Wars game. Okay. Yeah. That, Lego Star Wars a lot more sense. three. The Clone <laughs> Wars. It's crazy to me that the fifth Lego Star Wars game just came out. Right. Yeah. Wait, like what, they, they stopped they stopped numbering them. What was the fourth? The fourth one would be just for the Force Awakens. Interesting. I was not aware that they made specifically Force Awakens. They did. They did. Uh, I have played through that one as well. Um, but yeah, so you have there. There are five Lego Star Wars games out there. Nice, nice. It's crazy. Um, but anyway, yeah. So that's that's our episode today. Um, we are running out of time on this Zoom meeting, um, but. Uh, <laughs> But so, so for now, uh, we'll do the rankings when we're done with the season, uh, I think. Are, I, I've, I, I've been Sounds like a good idea. But anyway, we'll be back. Uh, sorry to rush this, but we'll be back in, uh, in a couple weeks uh, with a brand new episode, whatever, whatever that may be. Thank you all for listening for Across the Stars. My name is Rowan Wood. I'm Sebastian McCall. And we will be back very soon. <laughs>